Welcome to the Constructing Greatness Podcast, where I will be sharing real stories with inspiring tradesmen and many other driven and passionate leaders in construction and various other industries. I'm your host, Nicholas Ofak, and I've been in the construction business since 1996 as a construction manager and have worked for some of the largest builders in the United States. I'm now a business owner entrepreneur, and partner in a firm where we've successfully managed to be listed on the Inc. 5000, America's fastest growing private companies, three years in a row. The main purpose of this podcast is to inspire and create awareness about the value of working in the trades and to educate about the great benefits and rewarding opportunities it can create. Are you ready to take this fun journey with me? Let's do it. For the past eight years, RDL Construction LLC has been servicing the New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Delaware, and Maryland markets, specializing in the installation of exterior and interior metal framing, drywall, acoustical ceilings, doors, and hardware, along with bathroom accessories and FRP. Check them out. Their website is RDL Construction LLC. Dot com. Today's guest is the CEO and co-founder of National Integrity Title Agency. I met this gentleman, I guess a decade plus years ago. Our sons played t-ball together and we've been friends ever since. I'm excited to have George on, George Duffield. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I appreciate your time. Thank you, brother. Absolutely. I'm glad we could finally get this scheduled. I know we've been uh, we've been back and forth trying to get it locked in. Good to see you, man. It's fantastic to see you. How you been? Busy? Good. Try, I mean, I could always be busy. I always could be busy. How about you? Knock on wood. We're paying bills, I tell people. We're paying bills. Plugging <laughs> away and paying bills. Good stuff, brother. I wanted to have you on because your story is, is an inspiring one. And uh, I want to go back to your high school graduate, Edison High School, and you chose not to take the college route. Yes. What did you do after high school? So I actually never graduated high school, which is okay. I tell everybody I have 20 years education. I did 10th grade twice. I liked it so much. I said, let me go back. So I went, <laughs> I went to a high school in Philadelphia that was terrible. If you've ever seen the movie Stand By Me, that was my high school. It was Edison High School at 8th and Lehigh. Um, it just, I didn't live there. It was just, it was a terrible neighborhood. I was taking my own life every time I came outside. So for me, I was not a school person. So what I wound up doing, it's amazing. I, I tell everybody, in addition to the 20 years of education with the 10th grade Joe, um, I've probably done more education since I've been out of school. I thought that school didn't teach me anything. I started roofing at 16 years old. And my mom said, listen, if you're going to drop out of high school, you're going to go for your GED, but you're going to work. Mm -hmm. Um, Started off roofing, realized this wasn't the career path for me. I did it for five years. It's hard work. If it rains, you can't work. If it's snowy, you can't work. If it's windy, you can't work. And and roofing in the city of Philadelphia, it's it's back-breaking work. So salute to all the roofers out there who've lasted more than five years. God bless you. It's hard labor. (laughs) So what we're looking at? this, you know, why I was going to high school or, well, taking different courses mm-hmm. uh, after high school, I started in on my GED. I wanted to be a Philadelphia cop. Okay. 
I took the Philadelphia police test, got a 98. And when they called me, I was probably number 600 on the list. So me, my best friend, and unfortunately now his now ex-wife uh, took the test. I got a 98 and was ecstatic. You know, that it was every, every kid's dream, or at least it was mine to be a cop. Mm-hmm. And what wound up happening is starting my own commercial floor maintenance company allowed me the opportunity not to have to put myself in, in a, a line of fire, as you say, uh, as people say. Mm-hmm. It was an exciting time. I was probably 21 years old. I was making $60,000, $70,000. I got my GED, and I just wanted to uh, be self-employed. I knew yeah. with that first opportunity, I always wanted to do my own thing. When you own your own business, it's all about survival. Yeah, you're, you're the chief cook and bottle washer, and you have to know how to pivot every turn. College definitely would not have been for me. I know you went to, I believe, Temple, mm-hmm. and a lot of friends of mine went to college. Those were book guys, you know, people that could actually sit down and focus. I had to put myself in a situation to really understand what the situation was to to grow. With my floor business, after two and a half years, we were about 33 employees. And um, wow. I, I started buying investment properties in the city of Philadelphia. So when we were doing the floor maintenance company, we realized, well, or I realized it's time to start investing in real estate. So we started re- investing in real estate. And at the time, 1990, a lot of people would go in the paper and look to see for help won it. And I used to advertise in the paper all the time. And one time, uh, a couple guys came in. And said, hey, listen, we want to fill out the application. And I noticed looking at the application, all these gentlemen had their their applications all had the same address. And I'm thinking, all right, being from the city, what kind of game is going on here that you're trying to pull? I basically have a floor maintenance job, not a high level job, nothing special, but everybody's got the same address here. And I'm thinking they're trying to shade me somehow. And when I got talking to them a little bit, they said, we live in a place across the street. We all live at the same place called transitional housing. Mm-hmm. At the time, I was able to accumulate 102 properties in the city of Philadelphia. So I went from renting, dealing with landlord-tenant court every single day, to renting to senior citizens, to ultimately changing them all over into halfway houses. That's what transitional living is. And we were able to, uh, I was able to do that for a few years. I've had a couple partners in various properties mm-hmm. and uh, it's a grind. I mean, you're, you're dealing with people that are struggling in life. And I always looked at it as if you could help people in life and still make money. It's a win-win situation. Did that for about uh, four and a half years and started selling them off. And then I started selling real estate. Yeah. I worked for Weikert, New Jersey. And that's probably around the time we met up. Yep, I see you started, you were at Remax and Long and Foster. You started in uh, March 2010 as a real estate agent? Actually, 2004. I started with Boyker okay. for the first six months. Boyker has a model and they want you to stay in the box. It's a very successful model. But for a guy that's an entrepreneur mindset, I needed to be outside the box. Long and Foster came to town in 2005. Uh, now, mind you... My office at the time was in Marlton, and they had an office in Princeton and Haddonfield, and they were opening up one in Cherry Hill. So I went to go work for Alonga Foster in early 2005. At that time, 2006, I was probably Alonga Foster's number one agent in the state. And real estate was my thing. I, I understood it. I was able to do very well at it. I'd probably sell about 25 to $30 million a year in sales. 
I tell everybody that a cup of coffee and 50 cent will get you a cup of coffee. It's really nothing special. <laughs> so, and, and, and the reason why I tell you this, because it leads into how I got to where I'm at now. Yeah. So long, I used to give all my title insurance work to integrity title that was in Cherry Hill. Integrity title has been around since 92. It was a great company. I felt that they did their job as a title company, you know, in every industry, a lot of times, certain companies don't stay in their lane. Integrity Title always stayed in their lane. They didn't get involved in the real estate side. They didn't get involved in the lending side. They did title, and they made my job as a realtor a lot easier. The head of their sales and marketing department in 2011, 2011 left to go start their own career, start their own company. And the owner reached out and said, hey, are you going to still continue to give us your work? We've been a, uh, you've been a valid customer and we want to really take care of you. And, you know, being a young guy from the city of Philadelphia, we always have our sarcastic remarks from time to time. I said, don't worry, I'll come work. We are in your sales and marketing department. The reality is I knew this much about title insurance and I'm okay with that. After two or three meetings with uh, Lynn Donahue, the owner of Integrity Title, she basically offered me a job. And it was one of these situations that I wasn't looking for a job, but I thought, you know, because in real estate, you eat what you kill. You know, you, whatever you, you hunt, whatever transaction you have, you list a property, you market it, you sell it, you get paid, and that's the end of it. Yeah. Title insurance, it's a little different. Went to go work for Integrity Title to run their sales and marketing department after three years. Myself and the operations manager, Fran Turchi, purchased the business. That was in 2015. Uh, here we are, fast forward to 2021. We have just about 46 employees working for us. We changed the company to National Integrity Title. We do work in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, residential and commercial. And we've really changed the model or the mindset in title insurance. Yeah, and I, I just want to backtrack a little bit because I didn't know a lot of that and I appreciate you sharing. Uh, I did was doing some research on you can only find back so far, but that was a, uh, that was a good share. I appreciate that. Something about George that, that I, when I describe George, I describe him as a master connector and networker. And now you sharing with me the sales success story that you had as a real estate agent. It, it makes a lot of sense because you're passionate about exceptional client experiences and service. That's what your company pretty much prides itself on now. I mean, it's it's on the website. Talk a little bit about what makes your company, National Integrity Title Agency, different than others. I know you have state-of-the-art, you know, AI, you have a mobile tech and even an app now. Talk a little bit about that. So when I first got into the business, I realized back in the day, and I say back in the day, because it's 21. So November will be 10 years for me in the, in the title insurance industry. 2011, prior to that, when I was a realtor, I would be sitting at somebody's house and I predominantly work with a lot of sellers. And in order to figure out what the transfer tax was it, in New Jersey, it's on a sliding scale. So I would have this accordion brochure and I would pull it out. Well, I got to the point where I would call Integrity Title and call the processor and say, hey, I'm selling a house for $225,000. What's transfer tax? All right, thank you very much. And I was able to calculate how much a seller was going to walk away with. Everybody wants to know when you're selling a house, at the end of the day, how much you're walking away with because that determines what they're moving to either A, purchase something in the future or the retirement, taking money. So we created one of the first of its kind 
mobile apps for title insurance. So people could literally go on their phone and get that calculation. I felt as a person in the industry, I understood the value of it. So we were able to put it in over a thousand devices. And then we turned around and do what most entrepreneurs do. They white label it. And I actually sold it to my competitors. And we, you know, obviously I didn't give them all the bells and whistles we had. I gave Mm -hmm. them the bells and whistles of what the time was and we kept elevating it. I felt that title insurance is something most people don't even know. You know, if you're getting car insurance, you call, whether it's Farmers Mm -hmm. or Allstate or Geico, and you understand what you're paying for. Mm -hmm. Most people don't understand what title insurance, they're paying for history. They're paying to be secure mm-hmm. that nothing's going to come up whenever they decide to do something, whether it's a water lien, a judgment, or a mechanics lien. And we try to bring the future into that piece of it. Most total companies don't feel that they should invest in their company on the technology side because title is traditionally done the same way with every single company. I'll be the first one to tell you, my partner's got 30 years in the business. There's nothing she doesn't know about title. What she has for lunch or does it lunch for title, I haven't accumulated that kind of knowledge. She has 30 years and I, and I just, I can't even come to, to come to grips with how much she knows. I'm a business guy. I look at things outside the box. We do things inside the box. But for us, we felt if we could give time back to the realtor in the form of a calculator, that would help. We felt that providing automation in a back-end system, that would help our processors and it would also help communicate better with the customer and the referral partner, meaning the realtor, the lender, the banker, the accountant. We created the first-of-its-kind phone app. Then we spun it off to the first in our immediate area for texting. So we created kind of like a pizza tracker for title insurance. So people are brought up to speed at five or six milestones throughout the transaction. Once again, it's all about giving time to the customer. Then we wanted to work on how can we also give time to the customer and give time to our staff with the little odds and end questions. Because most people don't understand title insurance, they're constantly calling the office. And we felt that if we could be able to provide a virtual assistant Step-by-step, step, right? Step-by-step. Step. Yeah. If yeah, you have that. certain pieces of information mm-hmm. that you want based on a particular file and it's 2 o'clock in the morning and you're thinking about it, you can just text our virtual assistant, Robin, and she mm-hmm. would text you the uh, information. Very cool. We figured it would give them, I think last month alone, Robin sent out over 5,800 text messages. Mm-hmm. So if we can grab 25% more time that our staff can have to themselves to actually do work as opposed to constantly picking up the phone. It's a win-win for everybody. So that's kind of the things that we do different with our technology at National Integrity Title. Most title companies, we all order from the same places. Mm -hmm. Title, title, when it comes back, you get it. For us, it's about being able to provide a quality service, give people education, give them some time back and move the ball forward because it is 2021. Yeah. People don't think about that. Title's title. Hey guys, it's Nick. I have a short message from our sponsor, MPC Builders. With well over 40 years of combined construction related experience in both the residential and commercial markets, MPC Builders services the New Jersey and Philadelphia metro areas. 
check out our website at mpcbuilders.net or you can call me directly at 856-217-1750 and I'd be happy to answer any questions you have about your construction project. Something I want to share too, and I don't think a lot of people realize this, that you can choose your title company. You know, any any real estate transaction you have, you can choose what title company you want to work with, you know, your real estate agency, even on refis, which, you know, I, I did a refi not too long ago and and I said, I, you know, I want your your company to handle it. And just just the way you, you know, you're so sort of service oriented. I don't know why anyone would want to work with you and your company. And it was a it was a smooth, smooth experience. You know, it's unfortunate that most people don't know. This is probably one of the few industries that it's a referral-based um, yeah. industry. I mean, yeah. realtors, commercial lenders, commercial attorneys, bankers, accountants, financial advisors, we get our work from there. So we look at it. How can we start to capture or educate the consumer to call us, to ask us about Title insurance. So what most people don't know is title insurance is mandated by the state. We don't set the prices. We don't dictate the prices. So what we charge for title insurance is the same exact cost mm-hmm. of what our our customer or our competition across the street or down the street is charging. Um, it comes down to customer service. I'm one of the few uh, title agents, uh, co-owners in the industry, in our immediate area, to actually give out their cell phone. If a customer's calling me on a Sunday night for a question, yep. I want to try and do my best to get that answer. Mm-hmm. And the only difference between our company and as our com- some of our competitors locally, they have a 30-year head start. But techno- pe- technology-wise, um, they're so far behind the eight ball, it's not even funny. So it's trying to get our name out yeah. uh, to the consumer to say, you have a right to pick the company. You, I mean, it's not a negotiable item. The state dictates it. It's like buying a Rolex. The price is the price. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys are so active on social media, and, and that's got to be huge for you. You know, how has social media helped you grow and, and to build your brand? Consistency. Inconsistency since day one. March of this year, so you figure it's June of 2021, March of 21, we just celebrated five years in the business. When we first took over the company, the first thing we did was change our immediate website to make it a little bit more interactive. In addition to, we were consistent on social media, whether it's Instagram or whether it's Facebook. In addition to, Google has been fantastic for us. Our nearest competitor probably has about 160 less, 160 less Google reviews than we do. We feel that our phone has been ringing more based off of the Google reviews because today everybody wants to make sure they're hiring the right person. They want to make sure that they're hiring a person that has been validated by a lot of other people. And it's important to make sure that social media and everything is consistent. It's not that there's one avenue that's going to be the end all be all. It's just being consistent with all of them, including our our Google business page. Yep. Now, good stuff. I noticed from your website, too, that you're underwritten by Westcor. Is that correct? We did a 7,000 square foot renovation for Westcor a couple of years ago. I don't think I ever told you that. It was a brand new one. I really trust building that we did that in. Westcor has been uh, very agent friendly throughout our process. My partner has a relationship, a long term relationship with their, their legal department, she can pick up the phone and get the questions that, uh, that she may have that she 
uh, might not be able to answer, but you can get somebody on the phone where a lot of these bigger underwriters, you know, uh, you sit in a queue and somebody will call you back. We like the personal touch because as an agency, our consumers want the personal touch. They want to be able to pick up the phone and call myself or my partner or one of our sales reps yes. or staff. That's they, huge. Yeah, because it's also, for some people, it's a, a terrifying relationship or a terrifying experience mm-hmm. for people when they don't really know what they're getting involved with, with purchasing their first home. Yeah. Yep. Or an investment property. No, I totally agree. Now, besides leading the growth of your company, what else as, as a CEO, you know, just talk a little bit about your daily responsibilities and uh, activities. For us, it's about communication. For me personally, I try to make sure that every single customer that sends us a transaction, I try to personally reach out to them, either A, with an email or a quick phone call. What I do as an owner, I try to show more value than just the title company. I try to work with our partners to see what I can do to personally help grow them, whether it's through the form of introductions or the through a form of seeing what I can do to help their business. We have over 5,000 square foot here in Marlton, New Jersey. Through COVID, a lot of people have taken a step back from going into their office or their offices have not allowed them the opportunity to come in. Yeah. We've opened up our doors. We sanitize our place either every night or first thing in the morning before customers come and go. And we have opened up our doors to say, if you don't have an office, come work here. Bring your laptop, bring your earbuds. We have a uh, unique setup where it's a cafe type environment. And we've opened them up for people to conduct business and not be slowed down. We do have three uh, large conference rooms if somebody needs to have a private meeting. And we do have two smaller offices in the back where our uh, staff works, that if somebody needed to have a, uh, a one-on-one, they can do that as well. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. I, I, w- I want to also say, before I forget, because uh, we're getting close to wrapping this thing up, but I really appreciate you sending your monthly emails, whether it's monthly or two-monthly, j- just reaching out to connect and and just, you know, George will send these emails and uh With a personal touch, just, you know, hey, just want to say hello. I just want to say is if there's anything I can do, you know, to help, let me know. And he's always reaching out to me, inviting me to networking events and trying to introduce me to people. And I just want to first say I appreciate you, man, you know, for that. Thank you. If somebody, when people get a chance to listen to this and they understand, it's not about me, it's about you. You know, what can we do for you? I learned when we first got into the title business, there were two people that really taught me the art of what can I do for you? A gentleman, unfortunately, passed away a few years ago by the name of Scott Zalber, who was an attorney, uh, Sobrani Zalber, and Lee Shields, who's one of the matching partners at Freeman LLP, which is an accounting firm, a pretty large accounting firm. To show value to somebody, you have to do something for them. You know, I never had this model of sitting back saying, gimme, gimme, gimme. Mm-hmm. I don't look for one transaction. I look for a 30-year relationship. I want to help people grow because I feel that if you do it with the best intent, your business will organically grow. I agree. And it's about what can I do for you. Follow-up has been huge for me. When you mentioned about the emails, I have it set up that I stay in front of people all the time because mm-hmm. I don't necessarily need to get a deal from you now. I just went at top of mind that, hey, don't forget, George is still in the title business because that's where a lot of businesses fall short. I tell everybody three things. Unseen, untold is unsold. 
If people don't see you and they don't know about you, they won't buy you. Meaning you are a representation of your company. You're in the marketing business. No matter what business you have, you're in the marketing business. Yes, you are. If they don't see you, they don't hear about you, they will never buy you. Unseen, untold is unsold. And I and, and we Love believe it. that here. Yep. So if that's a little tip for somebody listening, I hope it helps them out. I truly hope it helps them out. Love it. No, good share there, man. And where are you head right now? What do you see your company in, in five to 10 years? So our company's growing. You know, we're in the process of uh, talking to two other companies for acquiring them. Keep in mind, Integrity Title was acquired by National Integrity, myself and my partner. We're looking to grow our footprint, not just in the Jersey market, but we're also in the process of talking to somebody down in Florida. If For us, we're all about opportunity. I don't think you should just stick in one local market. Mm-hmm. The industry, e-closings. I hear a lot of agents or agencies talk about, oh, we're doing remote online notaries. The reality is you cannot conduct a fully closing online 100% because if you're a mortgage company, say you're using a local broker and they have you sign all the documents and they sell your loan off. If the company that they're selling your loan off don't accept not wet ink, a, a, carbon, a copy, you're gonna, it's going to get kicked back and you're going to redo it. A lot of times in certain counties, the recordings, they want wet ink when they're recording mm-hmm. something. So they might say that they do it, but me and my partner travel all across the country. And in some areas you can do some things and some areas you can. In our particular area, in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, you cannot do a 100% remote online closing. Okay. Now you can do a remote online notary, whether it's through a third party, Provaso, or some of these other companies. But a hard closing, you cannot do it online yet. So that's for anybody out there that says, oh, yeah. I do it 100%. In New Jersey and Pennsylvania, you cannot. Got it. Johnny doesn't record it. You got nothing. <laughs> you got nothing. <laughs> Have you ever heard of aeroponic gardening? It's the future of gardening, and it is here now. Developed by NASA and Epcot, this gardening system goes upright, so it takes up less space as well as 98% less water. It is dirtless and produces three times more fruits and vegetables at a 30% faster rate. If you're looking to change up the way you eat or want to try a gardening system that takes minimal effort, contact my old friend Tara at 717-433-4207 or check out for more information at T. Sesek. That's T-S-A-K-S-E-K dot TowerGarden dot com. So outside of work that you're obviously very passionate about, what do you like to do by way of hobbies? When you sent over your list, I was looking at it and I was thinking to myself, my (laughs) hobbies are my kids. Mm -hmm. You know, it sounds weird that, you know, I have friends that they, like yourself, you play baseball all the time, or, you know, I have friends that play ice hockey and they're getting ice Mm -hmm. time on a Tuesday night at 11 o'clock or soccer. Mm -hmm. My quality time is spent with my kids and I'm like an iguana. If I hit the beach, I don't move. I just sit there all day. (laughs) I can do the same. (laughs) Fly fishing is another hobby of mine that I enjoy in the fall. It's not something I do in the summertime. Every year I take a trip up to Lake Ontario and I've been fortunate to go with my kids a few times. I just like sitting out in the water, relaxing. And even if I don't catch a fish, just the peace and quiet and the serenity. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, being in business, you're on the grind all the time. Yeah. Um, 
to be able to sit there and listen to the water and do a whole lot of nothing, yep. that works for uh, me. It sure does help when you catch a nice sized salmon, but uh, um, for the most part, I yeah. try to uh, just relax and. Uh, it's even more of a benefit when I could go with my kids and their time allows for it. Yeah. No, awesome. And, and I know you, you know, I started getting into hiking, just nature walks, being out in nature. It's just growing on me by the day. I mean, it's so good for you. So good for you. Think about how much we, we do in a, in a work week. We're always on, and, you know, yeah. and you try to balance the, the, the work life with the home life. And at some point you need to have some you life, you know, and when you're hiking or fishing or biking or doing something for you, you need that too to refresh. You know, you're only as good as yourself, right? And if you're not in a mental good spot, you got problems for everybody and you can't yeah. pull the train if yeah. you're in a bad spot. Uh, hiking is, is, has always been fantastic for me. Yeah. Getting up some of those rocks is a little tough as I get a little older. I'm not as strong as I used to be, but I, I work through it. I work through it. We have to get out on the golf course, too, don't forget. That's also a very relaxing, uh, good time. Yeah, definitely. So if someone wants to get into construction that I'm in, get into your profession, the real, the real estate business, or just follow their passion or heart, what would your advice be to do so? Don't jump in something with the expectations of thinking you're going to be the boss out of the gate. You got to learn all the smaller things below. I see a lot of people coming, a lot of kids come into our industry and all of a sudden they want to sit in my chair and they don't understand, you know, there's a lifetime of learning there, how to manage people, how to manage situations. As a graduate at Dale Carnegie, they teach you how to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. And that being said, it's hard for people, you know, everybody has this, my mom had the same idea. You go to high school, you graduate, you get a diploma, you go to college, you get a good job. And that's not necessarily true in today's world. Everything has changed. I tell my kids, it's okay not to go to college. It's not okay to get educated. So educate yourself one way or the other. Pick up different seminars, pick up, go to the local uh, community college, and they have small courses. It's not going to college full-time. Pick up a bookkeeping course. You know, I see a lot of young kids come into to business and they don't even know how to write a checkbook out. And that's OK. You yeah. know, we rely as adults and parents that the schools will educate our kids. But the reality is they don't. And I don't want to say they're a money grab. And, and college is not for everybody. Some people really grasp it. It's a way of. Sometimes they, they pick it up because they're educated the right way. I know a guy that went to school to be a, a math teacher, and he was flunking out of school. The guy turned out he had the wrong math teacher. Sometimes mm-hmm. some people articulate a little bit yep. better than the others, and uh, he met the right math teacher. Now the guy's a head chemist at Galaxo. Yeah. So go figure. Yeah. He had a connection, you know, with that teacher. Yep. And, and- he had a connection. And that same thing in the construction world. There's a ton of opportunity for growth. There's a ton of opportunity for people to make really good, solid livings with great benefits. If you don't go to college, don't do nothing. Go educate yourself. Yeah. Figure it out. It's okay to take a little bit of time. You don't have to leave high school in June and jump in college in August or September. Chances are you'll be you don't want to do. In addition to have a lot of debt on your neck. It's okay to get your jobs to understand what you don't 
light to do. Yep. Um, looking back, would I have loved to enjoy going to a college and that experience? Absolutely. But I would have never gave up my experience. And, you know, there's an old saying, you got to walk in somebody else's shoes to understand where they've been. You mm-hmm. can't do that if you just jump right into something. I'm not advocating, don't go to college. I'm just saying there are other opportunities. Not everything is for everybody. Yes. And that's okay. Great share, man. I mean, that's exactly what this podcast is about. It's alternatives to college and just open people's eyes to, you know, what's out there. You know, college is not the only path and it's certainly not for everybody. Like I said, me and my partner own a um, multi-million dollar company. We own various investments, a couple we're partners in a couple uh, multi-million dollar buildings. And I never graduated high school. Mm-hmm. I never went past, ten, uh, went past 10th grade. Sometimes mm-hmm. people say I can see why, but other than that, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it, 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 that was my path. But I'm the best of it. You got to survive. You cannot sit back and expect people to give you something. You have to do something. That's why I said yeah. you always have to educate yourself, even if it's going and taking different seminars in different areas. You'll see what you like. You'll see what you don't like. But the most important thing, you'll get an idea. And there's no one silver bullet for all. It's getting a little bit of everything to understand something broader. Take a Dale Carnegie class. Definitely take a Dale Carnegie class. Learn to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. Just open your eyes. It's not the answer of everything. It just opens Mm -hmm. your eyes. Love it, man. If anyone wants to get a hold of you, want to share your social media contact, your, your website address... Yeah, you can you can call me direct 267-972-8124. Shoot me a text. You can email me at George at my integrity title. I'm on Facebook and Instagram. I believe it's it's just Google George Duffield, New Jersey, Facebook, mm-hmm. and my information will pop up. Okay. Um, same thing with Instagram. If you want to see more on our co- uh, company, go to nationalintegritytitle.com. Great, man. If anybody has any questions, I'm, I'm here to help. Dude, I appreciate your time, brother. Good to catch up. I can't thank you enough. We'll see you soon. And here. brother. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Constructing Greatness podcast. If you enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at nicholasofac at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening.